In my life and in my experience, I have been taken care of by uh, some remarkable women. Of course, it was my mother and then, of course, uh, wife, Melinda. But then also, during the work days for the last 40 years or so, I have been taken care of by some amazing uh, church secretaries. Each one of them has been different. Each one of them has uh, demonstrated uh, particular gifts and personalities. And uh, my experience with each of those secretaries has been different. But there, there was one in particular years ago who every once in a while would come and peek her head around the door in my office and the first words out of her mouth would be, now I don't want you to get angry. That's the way she started and I always knew that what that meant was that there were three realities to that situation. First of all, something had gone wrong. And second, she figured that telling me about what had gone wrong was going to make me angry, even though I had never, ever, in all the time that she was uh, my secretary, never lost my temper with her. And in fact, we were very, very good friends. And third, she had waited way too long to tell me what the problem was. In other words, by the time she told me about whatever the problem was, it was probably three times worse than it was at the beginning because she had waited to talk to me about it. And whenever she would peek her head in and say, no, I don't want you to be angry, I always knew that as soon as she left, I would just be kind of shaking my head about why in the world a seemingly simple problem had gotten so out of hand. And it often caused me to reflect on exactly how it is that God may very well see us. When do we usually pray? When there's a problem. And oftentimes, the reason there's a problem is because we've waited so long to talk to God. I've heard many preachers, and I've been guilty of it myself, emphasizing over and over and over again that when there is a disaster, when there is a problem, when we're in the depths of despair, that's not the only time that we should commit ourselves to prayer. We need to pray in the good times as well as the bad. Now, that's true. 
and praying prayers of thanksgiving and thanking God and praising God. That, that should be a, an important part of our ongoing communication with God. But at the same time, when we find ourselves in those times of despair, despondency, danger, it's important for us to remember that prayer is our lifeline. We see that in the story of Jonah. As we have, and I reminded you last week that even though for four Sundays we're going to be looking at the four chapters of Jonah, uh, we are very seldom going to mention the fish. Today's the day. Uh, we will mention the fish briefly. And so as we examine this prayer from Jonah, we actually want to start in the very last verse of the first chapter of Jonah, verse 17. The Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish. I called to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. I cried out for help from deep inside Sheol. You heard my voice. You threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, and the current overcame me. All your breakers and your pillows swept over me. But I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. The water engulfed me up to the neck. The watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains. The earth's gates shut behind me forever. Then you raised my life from the pit, Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving, I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Then the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. This is a fascinating prayer. If I found myself in the belly of the fish, the first thing on my mind would be how to get out. Being vomited up by a fish probably not the first exit strategy I would come up with, but I would want to figure out a way to get out. But that's not what this prayer is about. Never once does Jonah ask 
be saved from the belly of the fish. For a long time, as I read this story and, and read this prayer, I was impressed with the faith that Jonah demonstrated, talking about how God had saved him. I said, wow, even in the belly of the fish, Jonah had such confidence in God, he knew that God would save him from his predicament. But with age and reading and rereading, I have come to understand never once does Jonah mention being saved from the belly of the fish. All of these ways that it talks about how God had saved him, he was talking about how God saved him from the water, not from the fish. And how was it that God saved him from the depths of the sea and from the storm? He saved him by allowing him to be swallowed by a fish. It's important to remember that as we understand what prayer in difficult times in our lives really should be about. So what does Jonah's prayer teach us? And then one of the first things it teaches us is that in the depths, we realize that God is our only hope. In fact, that really is kind of the definition of what the depths really are. I don't think we really feel desperate as long as we can figure out a way to get out of our circumstances, our predicaments. But when it seems like there's no other way out, and God is our only hope, that's when we're left in a place of total and complete dependence on God. Jonah reached that point when he hit the water. He says it was like Going down into utter darkness, he said, as I sank in the water, it just enveloped me. In the midst of the depths of the sea, I felt like I was already dead. And I cried out to God. And God delivered me. Now, Jonah's deliverance at the hands of God may not have been exactly what he would have planned. He might have assumed that God would lift him up and magically and miraculously put him on shore, but God still responded once Jonah came to understand that God was his only we have experiences in our lives when the time is so dark that we understand that God is our only hope. How do we get there? 
We get there by not realizing that God is our only hope sooner. God is our only hope in the good days just as well as he is in the dark days. God is our only hope all the time. But somehow it's in those dark experiences of life that we come to understand how dependent we are on God. And Facebook friends with a couple of my high school teachers. One is a high school math teacher. God bless her. Anybody who had to deal with me in mathematics was in for a serious, serious problem. And she has, you know, in our conversations back and forth, she has a much higher estimation of my mathematical abilities than I do. But I was one of these kinds of students that never asked for help until I had messed things up so badly there was no hope of finding the right answer. Kind of like my secretary years ago. Kind of like so many of us live each and every day of our lives. We fail to ask God for his help, seek God's direction, follow God's guidance, demonstrate our dependence upon God until all of a sudden things are so messed up. We're in the depths. There in the midst of those deep and dark experiences of life, God reminds us of the central truth that should take us through every moment, every day of our lives. And that is that God is our only hope. Another thing we learn from, from this prayer from Jonah is that, that in the depths we recognize that sometimes the struggles can be sources of hope. I've already shared that when we think about Jonah's troubles, we think about Jonah being stuck in the belly of a fish. But Jonah saw being stuck in the belly of a fish as being saved from trouble. His trouble was sinking in water and not finding the bottom so you could spring back up. He was drowning. Being swallowed by a fish was the source of his salvation, the source of his hope. And that's a great lesson for us. You know, oftentimes in our lives when we're struggling, when things aren't going the way we think they ought to go, we wonder why it is that God's abandoned us. Why God's punishing us. Why the struggle? Why the pain? 
experiences. God is teaching us. He's teaching us about depending on Him. He's teaching us the wisdom that we may need to live successfully in the bright days as well as the dark days. He's helping us to understand how to be victorious. You see, we don't gain strength by failing to exercise our muscles. You can't think yourself strong. No, in order to be strong, you have to lift heavy things and lift them repeatedly and keep on struggling to lift even heavier and heavier things. That's what makes you strong. Why do you think that we become mentally and spiritually and emotionally strong without having to lift heavy things? When struggles come our way in life, it is not always because we messed up or because God's mad at us or something like that sometimes. God is allowing us to build our spiritual muscles, to build our emotional strength, to find the path to victory that cannot be taken from us. I've said several times in recent weeks to people who have either sent me a survey or dropped by to visit and said, okay, you know, what are some of the challenges that you faced during the whole COVID-19 pandemic? And all of us can list, you know, all kinds of challenges, not being able to meet, having to change schedules, uh, having to alter even the times that we can meet and the things that we do, all these kinds of changes and challenges along the way. But then when people ask how it is that we're reacting to those things, as I have the opportunity to reflect, I say, well, I don't like it. I'd love to be able to do things the way we've always done them. And yet at the same time, in facing challenges and changes, we may have the opportunity to learn new ways of being the church that God has called us to. At a time when we are all alarmed by the division that we see in our country. It's horrible seeing the violence that is breaking out around us all over this nation. And the sources of that violence. And there's no way to make that into a good thing. And yet at the same time, even those horrible circumstances can be sources of hope. If we take the opportunity to 
truly see one another and listen to one another. We can come out the other side of horrendous circumstances as better people, as better communities, as a better nation. If we see these days as an opportunity to be the people of God, the people that God has called us to be. Getting swallowed by the fish was the source of hope for Jonah, not the punishment. And he understood that. He said, I said, I've been banished from your sight. That's what he thought when he was sinking in the water. And yet, as the fish swallowed him, he realized that once more he would look towards God's holy temple. I sank to the foundations of the mountains, the earth's gates shut behind me forever. Then you raised my life from the pit. You raised his life from the pit by allowing him to be swallowed by a fish. Unless you think that was a great experience. I mean, I know when I think about the belly of the fish, one of the first things that happens in my brain is I go back to when I was a kid watching the, the animated movie Pinocchio. And, you know, Pinocchio gets swallowed by this fish. And, and there in the belly of the fish, he uh, lights a fire. Lo and behold, he finds Geppetto. And they're just kind of sitting there having a camp out in the belly of the I have every idea that that's not what it's like. In fact, Jonah talks about having seaweed wrapped around his head. I'm guessing the belly of the fish, that's not the only thing that was wrapped around his head. It wasn't a nice place, and yet Jonah said, this is how God rescued me from the pit. If you want to talk about victorious thinking, see in the midst of a dangerous or depressing or desperate circumstance in life, the hope of God's salvation. See it as a blessing rather than a curse. And all of a sudden, you're on the path to victory. I'm going to tell you right now, Jonah is not a noble character in this story. But at this point, he is close to being who God wanted him. It's a shame he couldn't remember that later on. The final thing I'd like for us to take away from this prayer is that 
that in the depths we learn to thank God whatever happens. This is a prayer of thanksgiving. This whole, whole chapter is a prayer of thanksgiving. Jonah is thanking God for saving him even while he's laying in the belly of the fish. It's easy to thank God when we can see the sunshine. It's easy to thank God when we're on dry land. But when we've nearly drowned, when we're in the belly of a fish, can we thank God then? It's easy to thank God when we get up in the morning and feel pretty good, pretty strong, when we're able to go out about our daily routine, go to our job, do what we have chosen to do. It's easy to thank God when we're surrounded by those we love. Even easier to thank God when we're surrounded by those we like. But what about those darker days? Those days when the ooze of pain outnumber the odds of wonder and relief. When we forget that those lower numbers on the clock come twice a day have to wake up earlier than we planned on. Or when our work seems more of a burden than a blessing. It's hard sometimes to be thankful when the people who surround us seem to be more of a challenge than a blessing. But when we can learn to be thankful in those dark days, when we can learn to be thankful when the clouds are gathering, just as we are when the sun is shining. Then we have come to understand what it means to dwell every moment of every day in the presence of God. And we have the seeds that grow in the kind of joy that can never be taken away from. Take some time and read the teen chapters in the Gospel of John, especially 13, 14, 15, and 16. You'll see in there as Jesus talks to the Father and as Jesus talks to the disciples, he acknowledges that there will be some challenges that come along the way. But he 
talks more about joy than he does about pain. He talks more about peace than he does about fear. He talks more about hope than he talks about despair. You would think that he was on the out at the outset or the onset of the triumphal entry into Jerusalem instead of just hours before the crucifixion. We miss the boat sometimes when we see the challenges as the absence of God's presence and power. But if we lift our hearts and our prayers to God in those depths, come to understand our need for God every moment of every day, our total and complete dependence on Him. We come to understand that challenges oftentimes can be blessings in disguise. And we understand, we, we learn the blessing of being thankful all the time. Thankful in everything that happens. Now understand, that doesn't mean thankful for everything that happens. Never in here does Jonah say, hey wow, I'm so glad I got swallowed by a fish. But he is celebrating the fact that God saved him. Being thankful in every circumstance is the key to victorious living even in those circumstances for which we're not thankful. These are challenging days for all of us as individuals. Some of us are facing more challenging times than others. But in the midst of those challenges, God is still at work. And even if we're not thankful for what's going on, if we can be thankful in those circumstances, God can do some amazing things in our lives and create a kind of blessing that we never could have imagined. Let's pray. Father, it's a challenge to lift up praise and thanksgiving and confidence from the deep, dark experiences of life. But it's our understanding of you, our experience of your presence, our trust in your love and grace in those dark times and make the, the bright times so much brighter. Help us, Lord, to trust you as we should. 
to see you as you would have us see you. To know you as you have revealed yourself to us so that we can experience the victory, the joy, the purpose that you plan for each of us. Thank you so much for loving us enough to bring us not just to those dark experiences so that we can learn but to bring us through them so that we can grow and know victory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord.